Hey there, this is Anne Teagarden with episode 17 of the Unveiled podcast. I'm titling this one, The Waiting Place, Part 2. Because last week I discussed The Waiting Place, which is a Dr. Seussism, and also one of my least favorite places to be. I talked about why you might be in The Waiting Place and to let you know that God is with you in it, working for your good behind the scenes. I encourage you to trust God and persevere through it. Okay, that's all well and good, Anne, but what am I supposed to do in the waiting place? If you are a doer like me, I know that's what you were thinking, because it's hard to do nothing while waiting. Waiting often seems passive, but we should ask God for wisdom of what to do in the waiting place. Sometimes we need to keep moving forward by faith, knowing that he's going to keep opening doors when we need them. I have a story about this. In November of 2018, I suddenly had this really weird feeling in the pit of my stomach, and I heard God tell me we were moving in May of 2020. Well, at first, I wasn't very happy about it, but he prompted my husband that we needed to move that same week, and so we knew that it must be from God, so I could hardly argue anymore. God gave me 18 months notice because he knew I would need that long to come to grips with it. We had lived in California for over 20 years, and we felt the father was telling us that we needed to move to Georgia to be near Grant's elderly parents. So we began making preparations. We flew to Georgia twice to look at houses, and you know we just didn't really find anything that seemed right. But it's okay, we had plenty of time. But then the pandemic hit in March of 2020, and we suddenly couldn't sell our house in California, or easily fly to Georgia and look at houses. What was going on? I mean, didn't God know about the pandemic when he told us to move in May of 2020? Yes, he did. So we trusted that he must know the timing. We looked at houses online every day, but by the end of April, we still hadn't found the house to move to despite looking for over a year. But... I just kept packing and making arrangements, finding movers, and moving forward. We kept working with our California realtor to get our house ready to sell whenever we were able to do it, whenever they allowed it again. And it really felt like marching forward into the unknown. And sometimes that's what the waiting place is like. It's like flying blind. When a pilot flies blind, that term means that he has to rely only on his instrument panel because he can't see anything, maybe heavy fog or whatever. Sometimes we can only see the next step, or maybe not even that much, and we have to rely on God as our instrument panel and just keep moving forward one step at a time. My recommendation during those seasons is to keep doing the last thing that God told you to do until it changes or he shows you a new direction. Obedience always works. Okay, back to my story. I prayed a very panicked prayer at the end of April. God, we still don't have a house. We still don't know where we're moving. And God said, just a few more days. And it was about three days later, at the beginning of May, Grant saw a new house on the market, and it seemed to have everything we were looking for, with the bonus of being in this cute historic town that we had earlier fallen in love with. The realtor in Georgia and my sister, who lived in Georgia, lives in Georgia, helped us look at the house through FaceTime a few days after that. 
And at the end of the walkthrough, Grant and I started thinking about flying out to see it in person. But our realtor's words changed everything. She said, you need to put an offer in tonight. This one will go fast. So we did. And it was accepted the next day. We had bought a house in Georgia without ever actually setting foot in it. But God was right on the timing. Trust me, this is not at all our personality. We are slow movers, which is why God gave us 18 months notice. And we're not usually big risk takers, but we knew that God was in this, so we trusted and moved forward. And the timing was perfect, but the waiting was really uncomfortable and nerve-wracking. I've been in the waiting place so many times in my life, but I have to say that with each subsequent waiting place, it does get easier to handle because I know that God will come through. I still don't enjoy it, but it gets easier. The following week, we discovered that we needed to close on the house in person, and that was okay because we were already making plans to move, but we had four weeks to get to Georgia to do that. Thankfully, we had been packing and preparing all along so that we were ready to pack up and go. And then when we left California to drive across the country, there were curfews, rioting in the cities, hotels were closed due to COVID, and we even raced a hurricane that was crossing our path. Did Cod know all of that too in his timing? Yes. And somehow we made it safely all the way across the country in the midst of all of that. The waiting was over and God was moving us forward quickly. All right, here's my warning that I want to give you in the waiting place. Please don't try to make things happen in your own strength while you're waiting. Don't push doors open that are closed or use human solutions where God's solutions are called for. If God has promised you something, wait for him to do what he said. Do your part to obey whatever God specifically asks, but don't force the outcome or the timing you want. This lesson is really clear from Abraham and Sarah in the Bible. God promised them a biological child, and you would think it would have happened soon after the promise, but it didn't. Over 10 years later, they got tired of waiting on God to open Sarah's womb. I get that. We're human. I've been there myself. So Sarah suggested to Abraham that he should try to have a baby with her servant, Hagar. You know, maybe that's how God was going to do it. Or we'll just help God out a little bit. And he did. And she had a baby and they named him Ishmael. Now, this was one of the worst ideas in history, I think. The descendants of Israel and the descendants of Ishmael have had hatred toward each other and fought against each other for thousands of years. Israel was their later child between Abraham and Sarah. So you talk about a whopper of a decision with major consequences. We're still paying for it today. No, we need to let God be God and only be obedient to what he is asking us to do. And another mistake that we can make in the waiting place is expecting God to answer in the way we think that he should answer. Sometimes we are waiting on God to do something, but if he doesn't do it or answer in the way that we think he should, we dismiss it or we don't see it. One of my favorite stories from when I was younger is about a man that was caught in a flood. You may have heard this story before. It's pretty popular. But 
the waters kept rising and he cried out to God, please save me, God. Well, soon after a man came by in a boat and offered to take him to safety. But he said, no, no, thanks. Uh, I'm trusting God. God's going to rescue me. Well, the waters continued to rise and he moved up to the second floor of his home. And another boat came by and rode up to his window and offered to rescue him. But again, he refused. He said, no, no, I'm waiting on God. God is going to rescue me. Well, the waters kept rising and finally he was forced to climb up onto the roof of his home. And soon a helicopter came by, let down a ladder to rescue him. But he waved them away and he said, no, no, I'm trusting God to save me. Well, it wasn't long before he drowned and he went to heaven and he said to God, I trusted you to save me. Why didn't you? And God said, I sent two boats and a helicopter. What more do you want? <laughs> I love that story because it reminds me that when we ask God to help us, we often overlook the help that comes our way. The answer might be that a friend gives us a book full of wisdom, but we don't feel like reading a book. Or someone offers to help us in some little way, but we're looking for someone to solve our entire problem with a grand solution. Or God just may answer in a way that we don't like. I think we always have to keep in mind that his ways are not our ways, right? Isaiah 55, 9 says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And I know we're not supposed to add to the Bible, but I would love to add on to that verse, and my timing is not your timing, because that's so true. But Ecclesiastes does tell us that there is a time and a season for everything under heaven. God has a plan. So to summarize all of this, what do you do in the waiting place? Well, one, keep doing the last thing God told you until he tells you something else. Two, seek him, ask him, is there anything I need to do? Is there anything new? Three, trust him and his timing, even when it looks like nothing is happening, even when you feel like you're flying blind. Four, realize that maybe his provision won't look anything like what you're thinking or expecting or even hoping for. One of my favorite life verses is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which I think is very appropriate in the waiting place. I say it to myself often when I'm tempted to try and make my own solutions to my problems. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. What a great promise. If we acknowledge him and lean on him and not our own logic or understanding, he's going to direct our paths. And whatever happens, you won't be in the waiting place forever. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that too. Either God will show you what you need to do to move forward, or he will act in his time and grace with the solution. But either way, trust in him, his timing, and what he's doing inside your heart through the waiting place. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with a friend. And if you could like and subscribe, it will help others find this resource. Thanks for joining me today. And if you'd like to share your own marriage struggles and seek some support or advice, feel free to email me 
at Anne at SynergiaMM.com. That's A-N-N-E at S-Y-N-E-R-G-I-A-M-M.com. Remember, you are loved. You are never alone in the waiting place. You are beautiful. Go in peace.